Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Lunch Agenda on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in the Adams Morgan neighborhood of Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Nani Dutton, and I'm filling in for Kiko Bourne. I'm also joined in the studio with Nick Staveley, a colleague of mine um, from Community Food Works. Good afternoon. And Lunch Agenda is a podcast that schools you on parts of the food system that are less often explored. You can check out past interviews with D.C.-based leaders Ona Balkas and Michael Twitty and national food advocates like Mark Bittman, Leah Penniman, and Julia Tertian. Today, we're launching a new series, D.C. Area Food Fighters, diving in with local business owners that have prevailed amid the rapidly changing neighborhoods and demographics of the DMV region. Today's guest is Lene Sagai, the owner of Kefa Cafe in Silver Spring. Kefa Cafe first opened on Bonifant Avenue in 1996 and has since opened its second location in the Silver Spring Library. Kefa Cafe is particularly dear in my heart, being my usual stop on Saturday mornings before I visit Fresh Farms downtown, downtown Silver Spring Farmers Market. And uh, thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? <laughs> well, thank you. Well, so I guess, you know, we just at first wanted to talk to you about you know, Kefa Cafe's beginnings and roots and, you know, what brought you to, you know, Silver Spring and what, you know, made you decide to open a coffee shop? So um, when we decided to do this, this is not really, to be honest, it's not really my idea. It's our brother's idea. So <laughs> he had this vision that Silver Spring is going to be growing soon. So he brought me like, OK, this is the place we're going to open. I'm like, I'm thinking, are you really crazy? But he had a vision, so our vision is to really open up a space for people to come and have a second home. At that time, there was no coffee shop in that area, or not, not only coffee shop, but there's nothing really that you can go sit and have a conversation with people. So we decided to do that one, yeah. Right. So in 1996... Silver Spring must have been completely oh. different. Do you want to tell me a little bit about you know what it looked like back then, and you know maybe some of the things that have changed since it's opened? So when we opened, really, there was nothing. What was it there? There was McDonald's, um, some donut place, but there's none, and the Tasty Diner, of course, it was there. But there was nothing really in that area when we opened. It wasn't not that I remember. There was nothing really. Right, so you kind of got it started in, you know, downtown Silver Spring. Kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so were things hard, like, opening up in 1996, you know? Like, did it, was it an immediate hit? You know, how long do you think it took to sort of yeah. get going? You know, the first place, it was not really hard, thanks to our landlord. The landlord that gave us a really good opportunity because um, they really believed in small businesses. There's, they're not really small business, but the Czech Levin Music Store, which is in uh, mm-hmm. Wheaton. So the father did really give, he wanted to give us uh, an opportunity to come and open in that area because they strongly believed that. And the day we opened, we still have the customer that came in at the first day when we opened. 
we still have because people I guess were looking for that kind of uh, shop or that kind of places so it wasn't really it was well welcomed and it was very it wasn't yeah it wasn't really hard to open the is that what you were asking no yeah, yeah no yeah. definitely how did how did you and your brother get put in touch with the landlord in the first I'm, place I'm sorry how did you and your brother get put in touch with the landlord in the first place to open the space we so we were looking around and he found the place and we learned that who owns it so mm-hmm. we just went and actually to be clear there was another person that who offered him that who had lots of money and he said no he <laughs> had to give it to us to this day they are very the uh, Mr. Levin passed but his daughter owns it and they're just they very strongly believe in uh, helping small businesses mm-hmm. so that's the way we found out that it was theirs and we just went sure and yeah it was really easy it wasn't. It was wasn't it the first better. time your brother had wanted to start a business? Yeah, it's our first time, okay. yeah. Your but we time. kind of grew up in that kind of, I guess, back home. <clears throat> we kind of grew up in the, like a coffee shop. Our parents owned some businesses. So mm-hmm. in the back of our head, probably we had that one, but it's our first one, yeah. So I bet, you know, back home, the coffee culture, you know, is a lot different, a lot unique. We're very unique, you know, and we're excited to, you know, <clears throat> have you bring it here. Uh, can you talk about what it's like? So that was one of the ideas that we wanted to bring here because coffee culture back in Ethiopia is more like gathering people. People make a decision and uh, around coffee. People sometimes gossip about neighbors. Sometimes. and Well, sometimes. <laughs> I have to be, you know. Um, and it's a lot of, it's getting people together. That's one of the main culture of the coffee. So in this culture here, we don't really have that kind of, it's like you go, you work, you're on your laptop, and you just don't even connect with people. So for that reason, we do not have any internet access on our regular shop. So out of 100, maybe one will say why, but they see it. Then afterward, they say, oh, thank you for not having uh, internet. So it's, I think it's very important to have that connection, human connection. So that was my, our main uh, goal. Can you talk about where uh, in Ethiopia you're from or a little bit more about home, do you think? I'm sorry? <clears throat> Can you talk about a little bit more about where in Ethiopia you're from and oh, a little bit more about well, home? Um, I was born in uh, the capital city in Addis Ababa. So I was there until I was probably 11th grade. So it took me about 20 days to walk through Djibouti to come to U.S. <laughs> so I, I came here as a refugee. Right. <clears throat> and has your audience, do you think, changed ever since you've opened? You know, how is it, how is it different, I guess, from you know, the first from day? From 1996, day? one thing that we really like now, so when we opened, it was like a lot of parents with little kids. Most of them is more kids that who has like we have one that when we opened he was five months now he's twenty three. That kind of crowd was at that time. Now we see the younger generation coming, the younger generation a little bit. At, especially at the library is the younger generation. The regular shop still is in the elderly crowd, but we start seeing a little bit like you guys age. <laughs> I know, I was just thinking about where I was in 1996. And I was like playing in the snow. 
because I know as I don't know, as looking yeah, looking yeah. like in my childhood and those like big milestone kind of things, it was like I was inside for a whole week because we couldn't go anywhere and we had all this snow, yeah. and I don't know. I, I'm sure that that you know was kind of felt everywhere and kind yeah. of like a fun thing. Yeah, when not, in 1996 did you open? What time of uh, year? Say it again. What when time in of year? Did you open in 1996? June. In June? June 1996. Ah, yeah. And the library was June 2015. Oh. Around about the same week, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you're talking about your second location, which opened um, in June. And, you know, what made you decide to sort of open the next um, space in the Silver Spring Library? So we heard that they were going to do a small business. It was uh, the county executive then, which was Ike. He really wanted to have a small business. It has to be a local business to bring it. So it's, I think it's like a new trend that bringing um, coffee shop in the library. So in our regular shop, people come there. We wanted to experience, we wanted to have this experience with the majority, with a lot of people, like the majority. So at our regular shop, people come there because they want that kind of atmosphere. And we strongly believe that kind of atmosphere will really, really help the community because the word, the way you do it in the community, sharing the love, the caring. So at the library, that will give us an opportunity to give it to someone that does not have to come to the cafe, but they can walk by there and can share that kind of caring, loving. So I, we think we, that was the main reason that we really wanted to get that one so we can be able to expand that love. And, you know, I hear that you're thinking about opening a third one, and uh, I mean, well, we're excited. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. We'll you know, see, I hope yeah. it works out. Um, so what do you think, you know, it's been, gosh, 23 years since yeah. the first one. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what do you see, you know, next five, 10 years, you know, for Kefa? What are you, what are you lo- looking for? What do you expect? Or? I hope if... If we can be able, so like I said, when we did the uh, the library one in 2015, so we know eventually this having coffee shop and library, they're going to be building this kind of things. We Our goal is to use the library model, the one that we have at the library, it does not have to be us. But anyone that they're going to put in the library has to have that kind of philosophy because um, I strongly believe it is so important when you share that kind of positive energy, it will make our community safer. Uh, So, yeah, well, that's our goal. Whenever they open any new library to have some kind of the same positive energy to be able to do it in all over Montgomery County. And, you know, I have to say, I personally love it. You know, I come every Saturday. Um, but, you know, being a Silver Spring resident myself and having lived there for the past six years, you know, I've seen a lot of other coffee shops come and go, you know, but Kefa, you know, remains and Kefa stays. Like, what do you think is unique, you know, <clears throat> you know, is it the sort of established customer base? Like, why, you know, why do you think people like me, you know, maybe I can answer that, but, you know, why do you think folks keep coming back to Kefa? Why have those other coffee shops come and gone, even with the changing Silver Spring, you know? So, uh, well, the reason that I think we stayed 
here as um, as a human, we do really whether we agree or not. We definitely need that peace in you, like a peaceful area, a peaceful atmosphere. So, and we strongly. That's like, yeah, of course, you open a business to make money. This is the priority. You have to make money. Yeah. You have to pay bills and all that stuff. But we don't, that is, even though that is our one goal, but our priority is to be as honest as we can to give the perfect service uh, and excellent product. So we just try to treat everyone that who comes in their part of the family. So it's not really us. We have the community that supports, that receive that. If they didn't, we would not have been here. Right. And so on Saturdays for me, you know, I go every Saturday. You know, she has my order. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've gotten to meet the other employees. And one of the, thing that's, one of the things that stands out to me in particular is that all of your employees are the most welcoming, warm, friendly people to work with, you know, yourself included, obviously. And that, you know, I don't see that everywhere. And, you know, it seems like everyone is really sort of enjoys the work that they're doing, is, you know, happy to be there. Um, you know, even, you know, maybe your potential employee that was there on Saturday, you know, um, seemed like she was just really incredible yeah. sunny, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and to work with. You know, what do you think, how, uh, how do you attract these people? How do you, you know, how do you keep them? How do you think they remain so, how do you find these positive, incredible workers that, you know, at this coffee shop? You know, I don't think that is really that hard to do. If you really do stuff from the heart, you find those people. It's not only one, it's not only in Kafa there is that kind of human. We all are kind of the same, and we are in it, so I don't take it anything personally so it's in all of us it's just how you look at it so we that is actually when we do interview that is number one they have to be it has to come from inside it's not like to just gather customers when it is from the heart people know it and you receive it well so so that was that part was not it's not hard I, I think it's everywhere right stands out who is uh, your employees that have been with you for the longest? Do you know how long the longest time has been? Like someone's worked with you since the beginning or five years, eight years, something like we, that. We have. So what we try to do is we don't expect everyone to just stay with us for the rest of their life. So what we try to hire is kids that who is just starting so they can grow. We'll give them a space to grow. There is one that who really worked with us for like three, four years. When she started, she couldn't even talk to people. Like, she's very shy. Now she op- she has this beautiful, really, really good uh, hair salon, actually in the Adams Morgan. So we try to... Most of them are students. So we try to work with their schedule because this is not what they wanted to do for the rest of their life. So we wanted to create a space for them to do so we have some for three years mm-hmm. and there's one that actually recently he found the job that he really really wanted to be a um, personal trainer so I said okay Marcus you need to give me the keys like no 
I'm gonna be working here, so he hasn't. So we we try to create as a like family. Mm-hmm. So we make them feel like they're part of the cafe because the more we make, they may, the more they get paid. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like yeah. so they feel we don't add, we don't whether myself or my sister we don't believe that oh we own Kappa Cafe. We don't. It's like the community and us together we own the place yeah of course uh, we pay the bill but it's not really everyone's in it together yeah you know yeah you yeah. need both sides of the, yeah. the coin yeah. there yeah so do you like I, I you know i assume you've gotten to know many of your customers like you you watch their kids grow up and that kind of thing it, it must be really nice and just like that extra kind of like dimension to just meeting all the people you see like in your neighborhood and like knowing when things are going really well for your customers it's happy and when things you know people might be having like any sort of hard times you know that like they can come kind of like recharge and hang out and like kind of sink back into like a peaceful kind of spot in your space and like do you do you have any like particular stories of people where you were kind of helping them get oh. through like hard times or they just kept coming and you're like hey what's up man and you kind of learn more about someone you maybe not have talked to as much but you would still see every week or every other week so we have actually I'll tell you this story so when we in 2015 the fire there was a fire next door to us so we were closed for 10 months there was every single day for all that 10 months, every single day there was a customer buying. Yeah. <laughs> every single day. Um, so when we opened the library one, so people got together and raised $50,000 in one month so we can open the library one. Wow. So that's like all grassroots. It's not like big money. It's like $10, $20. So... That is just a huge thing for us to have that many family. You don't have to be blood related, but we have like an extended family exactly. for that. In yeah. my case, like I can give you another one example. It's a very, um, yeah, people come and talk. I'm not going to talk about personal problem that they had, but this one is the reason that I really, really love the library one. There was this guy comes and he takes... He took a dollar from the tip jar. I didn't see him. Somebody saw him, so I just followed him, and I said, why would you do this? He's like, well, I gave you the dollar. It's not about the dollar. It's just, why would you do that? It's like, uh, so I asked him if he was hungry. He said, yeah, then why don't you ask me? He's like, nobody does this. So I said, okay, come on, and gave him a latte. He didn't even know what latte is. This kid lives in that area. Then I gave him uh, pastry. So the next day I asked him, what did you get out of this? He said he never knew people care. Mm-hmm. That is more than a million dollars. That is more than a money. So that kind of thing keeps, I work every single day. I don't feel like I work single every single day. I enjoy, I love my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing with my sister. We love our job. It's not just us. It's the community that puts in, in us. So it goes... Yeah. Do, you, do you also live in Silver Spring? I don't. My sister lives in Silver Spring. I live in PG. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but I, I guess I live in Silver Spring because most of the time I'm in Silver Spring. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. <true. laughs> yeah. And, you know, talking about connecting, you know, PG uh, County to Montgomery County and Silver Spring, they're building the Purple Line. Yeah. You know, through right past, you know, the original shop and right behind, you know, um, you know, the library cafe. 
you know, can you talk about that impact and how you think that might change the neighborhood and like change Kefa and you know, are you worried about it? Excited about it? You know, what's gonna? Well, um, I was very excited when they were talking about it. The more I learned about it, so the main thing was to connect people. Mm, sometimes now they, I don't, I don't think that is the main. Uh, main purpose but it will be really great yeah it's gonna affect us if we can survive so they said it's gonna take just on Bonifant Street it's gonna take about 18 months so 18 months is probably three years right yeah so we'll see we'll do the best we can I can't I hope we'll survive to stay that time so if we do after that, it will be a great. Yeah, it will be great. L- will you stay open during that time? Do they have yeah, enough? Yeah, okay. we, yeah. But it's not going to be that easy. They no, said no, it's no. going to be easy or blah, but I don't think so. But we'll do the best you can. That's the only thing that I have a control to do the best I can. After that, I'm not going to stress myself. I, I just could not do yeah, that. Yeah, that's a very good thing yeah, to remember. I just For everybody not. out there, coffee shop owner or not, especially yeah. DC people. <laughs> I yes, <laughs> very yes. Yeah. Um, did you um, just me piecing like the timeline together for myself? Did you look to open that spot in the library in response to the the neighbor's fire, or were those no, happening at different no. times? Oh, okay. We knew when they uh, no, it's nothing to do with that one. We knew when they were talking about they're going to build uh, the library. We knew they were going to put a, co- a coffee shop there. Gotcha. So that took about, what, five years? I don't exactly remember, but it took a long time, yeah. yeah. I remember. I, um, it's interesting looking at how, you know, even those couple blocks where Kefa is have changed. You know, all of these apartment buildings have gone up, condominium buildings. They built the, you know, the apartment buildings too quickly, and now they have to replace the water mains because they didn't realize that, you know, they didn't have enough water. Yeah, I know. To get to the building. So it's interesting. <laughs> seems, all of seems the, like a basic... <laughs> detail <laughs> right they just missed that one <laughs> <laughs> you know and so when i you know when i go there's always kind of construction happening on those few yeah. blocks and like always you know quote unquote progress happening in the neighborhood and you know it's interesting you know for myself you know just to see the different faces every day in the library how those change um and you know i'm just excited to be there every saturday and so you know i'm you know, I'm curious to see how the purple line will affect, you know, the demographics, you know, <clears throat> maybe it'll be slower a little bit as we're doing construction, but then hopefully a lot busier afterwards and go from there. When is that yeah. starting again? They, they already started. Actually, the other day they were working on Bonafont Street, so mm-hmm. they yep. came and they just put no parking for a whole... First day they said, oh, no parking for four weeks, then... For a whole year, it was like, what do you mean for the whole year? So it's, they already started doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. it sounds like you do. So, do you get a lot of communication from like the county and construction firms or things like that, or are they kind of like it'll be fine? They, don't worry. Surprise! It's three times as long. Sorry. They try to send. They try to send some information. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they just like we we had these things last week. They put a sign like the purple line. Put. They said that they don't know who did it. So if we didn't really email the right people, it would stay there for the whole year. No uh, parking for the whole year. Uh, yeah. I'm like, but it's going to be tough. But you just have to, 
think positively and usually most of the time the way you think positively the end will be positive so i try to focus on that part when i came to take pictures you know i came to the the, the cafe in the library and then i went up to you know the original cafe to take photos but you know i couldn't because there's a big truck outside the you know, yeah. outside the yeah. building when they were working yeah. on the street yeah. so yeah i've yeah. seen it other than other than the fire, I guess, in the purple line, has there ever been another tough time for Kefa, you know, in the 23-year history of it where it's been... The you know, first hard? one when we, they did the transit. Oh, the transit. That one really it. affected us because a lot of people used to walk through mm. on that street. Right. Now they changed the route. So, yeah, that had an effect. Hmm. On everyone, yeah. It's but the uh, nice thing about it, because we love our job, so you don't, it's much, it makes it much easier not to focus on that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, because after the fire, I think you were open before Quarry House reopened, like a lot yeah. longer than them, and Bombay still hasn't opened since... Yeah, they're not yeah. going to come back. Right, you know, so it's a lot, <clears throat> you know, a lot changing. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited, so... Is there anything you miss about, you know, 1996, those first years of, you know, running Kefa and opening Kefa? Anything, you know, different than the neighborhood has lost and hasn't gotten back yet, do you think? Mm, you know, the... I don't, I don't think so, because it's almost it's the same thing. Mm. It does not feel like we've been there 23 years and it has changed a lot when it comes to the community no it's right. about actually it's more stronger now yeah yeah than before so no i don't know oh. um <clears throat> and do you have any advice i guess for new you know food businesses or you know people looking to open a small business you know in dc or the dc area you know like if you were to talk to someone you know if you could go back 23 years and mm -hmm. talk to yourself is there anything you would you know tell yourself about opening up a new business or anything you would any advice you would give the only thing that i would say is really know what your goal is what do you want to achieve not comparing yourself with others or this so-and-so is making this much and uh, you have to know really what you wanted to do otherwise it will be a very disappointing if you're going just saying that this is what how much i wanted to make at this time well if you know how to do it which is fine but if you you have to be sure what you really wanted to get out of the business if you know that one then it will be so people ask me if we're successful we're very successful business uh, it depends how you, what is success to you. That is individual business, so I don't know. If it is money, well, that is yours. But for us, if it was about the money, we would have quit 15 years ago. <laughs> but no. So we are very happy what, because we know exactly what we wanted to get out of the place. So we are getting that for sure. It's quite a storm out there. Yeah, wow. Well, the umbrella <laughs> just got destroyed. Yeah. So, you know, are there any other, you know, partnerships, you know, that you think have helped to make this a success other than your, you know, original landlord and... Um, oh, the landlord. We all use local businesses. We, we try to find local businesses that have the same philosophy as we do. So we try... Most of our stuff is locally, our coffee is locally roasted, 
our food is, we use green plate caterer. Uh, we use all local. We try as much as we can. We try uh, local business. And the roast your coffee. Um, we have two Nagadi, which is he's in Silver Spring and Orinoco. We used, um, yeah, those two actually. Do you? I don't know. Do you go whenever you're out and about? Do you help? Can you help a judge? Or just think about or analyze other people's coffees or the things oh, they're, definitely. they're offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. oh, I yeah. mean, so many places are you know it's grab and go, or I'm gonna sit here and use it kind of as my office, you know. And like, yes, there's still you know a lot of attention with like local roasters, like the stuff right behind us, um, vigilante Z, Vigilante, everything like that. Do you like ever talk with those owners? Do you guys? I have talked to bit? Vigilante, yeah. yeah, and I try to talk to. Do. There is another one on DC, uh, Qualia. Mm-hmm. Qualia is pretty good. Um, yeah, ceremony, yeah. we did. We used them for a little bit. We try, yeah. Yeah. So I try to work together. I'm excited after this, you know, to have you try a coffee here at the cup we all race for and get your feedback sure. so we can give to Spike, who's the owner of this one in the restaurant, you know. Yeah, that's know. I was looking here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she's positioned. It looking, looks, looking it looks right really nice, it. though. It's a very, it's a nice. I will say setup. I came through here on like a bike ride the other week and got a very good oatmeal cookie from them. Yeah. I don't know if people listening think oatmeal cookies are boring, but... I think a well-done oatmeal cook is great. <laughs> well, and, and again, you know, and Spike yeah. also, you know, finds the local support to be important, you know. Um, you know, and I would say, you know, is there something that you would tell just the regular customer about supporting local and why it's really important to support these local businesses? If you do not support, like if you wanted to grow as a nation, you have to grow the local business. If you do not grow local business it will be hard to grow as a as a nation right do you have people coming into the shop like asking to sell their pastries or other food items say it one more time uh, does anyone ever come into the shop like pitching their food or any of their pastries or things like that have you found like has anyone have you gotten connected with someone successfully that's that's come in and kind of like push their idea or their own pet project or thing like that Yeah, I would, you know, say it's interesting mostly from the employee perspective too. Like I think your employees have projects and they want to help you with, you know, when you were doing the coffee grounds for compost and everything, mm-hmm. yeah, like your mm-hmm. employer was really helping you set that up and, you know, making Blaze the... It the places. Like we did that. We do that. There is a guy that who comes and do compost. So we started a long time ago, but now Blaze said he made this sign. It's like, so he talks to everyone. It's like, oh, take some uh, coffee ground. Yeah. So you but, should tell us a story of, uh, <clears throat> you said you had a customer that came in and didn't realize that these grounds were for compost. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. So I thought he was like, yeah, he thought he was going to take it and make it. I'm thinking, I'm like, I was for a second. I'm like, no, he's not. I thought he was kind of joking, but no. But, you know, people don't really, a lot of people don't know what coffee looks like as a green. Right. People think it comes as roasted, that's what. So when they see the green one, a lot of people know, seriously, they, they don't. Where would you see it, though? You see, I grew up seeing roasting the coffee right before you brew it. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't see a green coffee, there's no way you will know. So a lot of people, so we have a little bit, so we, we, we show people this is the green one as a cherry. 
So yeah, and yeah I'm sure that's that's news to, to so is. many people. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you, if you didn't grow up and you have, there's no way you will know coffee looks green, right? Or comes as a cherry, right. for that matter. Yeah, you know, I am actually always surprised at how, when I look at coffee, just you know, from the plant, you know, it. I would have no idea to to roast it, to grind it down, to you know, heat it up, to heat it water, up, you know, and then drink that and go from there. So I'm always kind of impressed at how these seemingly really difficult, you know, and complicated processes are now our daily ritual. Yeah, even in a, the even the roasting process, people there's different grades in the green bean. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get the lower grade and roast them dark and you can sell it the same as the second grade coffee so people you don't really how you don't really know but the nice thing was when we opened Starbucks was not there mm-hmm. so they opened after us so now what I have seen is people know more about the coffee the different taste All they right. can tell so we don't add any kind of syrup in our coffee because you use coffee is not supposed to be bitter it's supposed to have like different taste coffee are not they don't taste the same every different beans right but if you roast the dark they all taste the same so right. <laughs> well i mean we just really love having you know the business having kefa you know in silver spring um you know really appreciate having you and you know i think you know you talked a little bit about you said walking 20 days across Djibouti to come you know to come here you know that must have been you know a difficult journey must have had you know some coffee along the way is there anything um yeah any more of that story that you want to tell us you know if you're willing to share well it was um when I look back, I wish I had a camera or video. It wasn't, but yeah, it was with my brother and my cousin that it was supposed to take like five days. At that time, there was a lot of uh, fighting back in Ethiopia, so they used to send kids. You have to, you know, so for our safety, and it wasn't a good thing for the young pe- people, so... My brother and I and her cousin were supposed to take about five days. So you walk from one, the end of uh, the border to Djibouti. supposed to take like five days, but there's some kind of stuff and the thing. So it was 20 days. I still mm-hmm. remember the last day. So there's no, it's really hot. There's grasses. You have to walk through there. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't, like that area, people, they don't use the camel that you can sit on the camel and ride because they usually walk mm-hmm. uh, they tried to put me up there because at that end I was just like out and there was no water Oof. so I still this is how many years ago I still remember the taste there was this black water we had to drink it oh. and it tasted really good <laughs> you know it's yeah, like yeah. you had to you yeah. had to after days, yeah. Yeah. So, that's a fun thing, yeah. If I have to do it again, there's no way I will do it. But <laughs> I was younger then, so I didn't really process stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, you're young, mm-hmm. you do stuff, you think it's... But, you know, right. I wouldn't, yeah. That's not, people would not do that just to have, like, let's go for a hike. It has to be a really serious yes. stuff for them to leave the country to come as a refugee. Yeah, no, I'm sure. And, you know, 
it's just good perspective, I think, for us to have. You know, I've not had to experience anything close to that. You know, and, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> and you would never know. You know, you I never know. To, no, right. a lot of people do not know. Right. The only time they found out is when this uh, a reporter from Post did an interview and he was about to release it but the fire happened and he kept it until we reopened he did it that's when people and that yeah. thing I talked we talked about that yeah because oh, wow. a lot of people did not know that I worked 20 days to get here <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. you never know what people are no are no you, you know? don't and it's not like yeah yeah and a, sim- a simple question like you know why why did you feel you had to take that from the tip jar is going to get yeah. you into that yes. conversation with, yes. you know, with something you're, you're never going to know yeah. what yeah. they're going to do. And no. that it's, it turns into an opportunity for you to like to, to help someone and do something yeah. good for them and, and build you know, a better kefa for yeah. them and make that a spot their home at. Yeah. So. yeah. And a community. So we're just... Yeah, we feel it, and you know, we just appreciate having you in Oh, I, I appreciate having me, yeah. yeah. I'm... And, I'm yeah, this is a really beautiful uh, studio. Right. I wouldn't mind doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Do a coffee tasting later. No, on. this you is know. this is really nice. No, I'm excited about hopefully Kefa three. You know, the we'll third see. one. Yeah, um, we'll you see. know, I'm you know excited to again continue coming every Saturday during the week. It's you a know. pleasure having you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and growing, and you know, I'll bring Nick up with me. And, yeah, you know. I have I have been there once before at least, but next time I will say hi. Okay, please do. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> So, and just excited to see where, you know, also your employees, where they go from there. Like how, you know, working at Kefa and, you know, working with you and how, and helping guide, you know, helping, you know, I guess shepherd them along to whatever they do next is interesting to see, you know, the little sort of the roots that Kefa, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. spreads um, mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. So... I guess this was full service radio out of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan in Washington, D.C. And, you know, I'm your host, Nani Dutton, for Lunch Agenda. And we were on with Lene Segui. 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 You did it. And, uh, and Nick Stavely here, my mm-hmm. friend and colleague, joining me. And we'll be back in two weeks um, with our series on D.C. area food fighters. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.